Welcome to the Isle of Misfits. My name is Nancy Carmichael. If you haven't been around, and I am your humble host and chief misfit, misfit here on the Isle. And I'm going to skip over the preamble today because I'm, I just want to dive right into a really, a really exciting conversation I've been looking forward to for what, three, four whole days now. <laughs> this, is, um, this, is, this is one of those impromptu special treats for you and for me, because right now um, I'm talking with Alan Arnold. And if you don't know him, that means you haven't been around because he's been on the show about 400 times. And he's back. He keeps coming back. I've stopped questioning it. I'm just grateful for it. So, hey, Alan. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good, Nancy, and it's good to be back. And just so listeners know, this idea came about because of an email conversation we were having where you were saying, I'm I'm trying to navigate and kind of thinking through and struggling through something. And I wanted you to own your awkward. And so I said, well, let's just talk about it and quit talking about it in an email. Let's do it through a podcast so we can invite everybody into the awkwardness. He called me on the carpet, put my feet to the fire, and yes, indeed, yes, putting my own words back on me. And I love it because, yeah, if I can't own my awkward, how can I expect any of you? So thank you. So, yeah, so it is all your fault. It's all Wild at Heart's fault because I'm listening to this week's podcast. So today is May 5th. I may even get this out today. That's how excited I am about this conversation. So because it's timely. And what I what I want to do... Here's your assignment, should you choose to accept it. I want you to hit pause on this, actually. Go listen to Wild at Heart's podcast from this week, the week of when May 1st, I guess, right? May 1st episode? Right, and it's yeah. called Rethink Your Summer. Rethink Your Summer. Go listen to that, and then come back and join us here, because that's where we're, we're going to... We're going to launch from there, and who knows where we're going to go from there, but I think it would be valuable for you to do that. So there you have it. Now, before we jump in, though, we all know by now, I don't need to give the spiel, but I will for those of you who are new. We got to do it. It's just an obligatory part of the process here. We got to play the stupid game. And I have a short but sweet one for you, Alan. I know you've always been such a good sport. You've won some fabulous prizes over the years. Um, but I have no idea what the prize is today. Um, you know, something random is, is where I'm something landing. Something for lately. summer. Yeah, something random for summer. So this this stupid game is brought to you by this or that. So we're just going to play this this or that. So I'm going to give you a this or that. Don't want you to think. Want you to just react and tell me. And you can justify it if you like, or you don't have to. Okay. That's okay. All right. So, um, and I'll I'll give it a short time. It's this or that expectations edition. Okay. Ooh. So, all right. Surprise party. Yay or nay? Nay. Nay, you care to care to explain or no? Nay, if it's for me. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Nay, if it's for others. If it's for somebody else, okay. So your love language is not surprise party. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. I get it. I get it. And all right, let's just keep going. All right. Um, you're you're a writer, which means you're probably a reader. Um, so here's this one: guess the plot or let it unfold. Or movies or the theater. Oh, totally. Guess the plot. Guess the plot. You need to like, know where it's going. Well, I have. I can't not guess the plot. Like I ruined the sixth sense for when it first <laughs> came out. I'm in the theater with my wife, <laughs> and we're dating. Tell me you didn't shout it out. And I'm like, in the first like 15 minutes, I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> 
And she's like, <laughs> stop it. Did they, did everyone in the theater turn around and beat you up? Well, nobody believed me okay. uh, until the end. And then they all threw their popcorn at me, but yeah. Yeah. You just, because when you start to love story and dive in to the, what makes a story, you just see the clues early on. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, you yeah. know, because yeah, because of who you are, because of how you're wired, because of what you do, you just know. I, I spoil the party for a lot of people that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll put you off the hook. My, my husband, Ken, whom you've met, um, he's the same way. Like he, yeah, he figures out things and he lets us know. So, yeah. And he also, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but he will, whatever we're watching, he will explain to us like whatever special effect. Oh, see how they did that? Look, so, you know, he'll, he'll stop it. We'll zoom in and see, <laughs> look underneath the car. You can see the explosive they put in it. Yeah. So that kind of pulls you out of the story, but, <laughs> but when you're wired that way, that is part of the fun of seeing. He is an engineer. It. He can't help himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Moving right along. Christmas. Open the gifts early or wait till Christmas Day? Oh, wait till Christmas Day. Wait till Christmas Day. So, you weren't this kid that, you know, was sneaking around trying to. No. You know, in no the closets. I would, I would actually, in the house I grew up in, um, which my mom still lives in, but one direction down the hall was her bedroom and one direction was the family room where the Christmas tree and presents were. Mm -hmm. And if I woke up and they weren't up, I would go to my mom's room and wake everybody up so we could all go into the you know, family room to open gifts. But I, I'd never wanted to sneak or look ahead of time because I, I just love the joy of that morning. Okay, so that's a bit of a departure from your other answers, but we'll talk about that in a minute. You're talking about the surprise party part? The surprise party and the knowing where this story's going, right? Wanting to know, wanting information. I don't, I don't I want to know where the yeah. story's going. I just can't help it. You just, oh, you can't help yourself. Okay, all right. That is different. Fair enough. I see, okay. I just see the, it's like when you know the magician's trick, you can't help but Call see it, it out. on stage right. as they're doing it. That's true. Yes. Another scenario where he would get. But uh, the thing I really want is a better magician and a better storyteller where I can't see it. Like that's, that's true. Your desire is don't let me. Mm -hmm. But so that's your litmus test for how good they are. And that gets into we're just rambling here, but that gets free flowing. Mm -hmm. But that gets into later. We're going to talk about imagination and formula a little bit in addition to summer, because. I think so many stories, once you know how the story is built and the model works, mm -hmm. then I don't want to know. I just, right. it's like, but you it. just see it. Yeah. Right. Yes. I, I have to admit, I'm a, that's, yeah, I think I veer, I have those tendencies as well. So, um, but this isn't about me, of course. We'll talk about me later. Um, your fault. So, okay. Where are we? Oh, vacation, right? So this is, this is directly off of, the podcast that I've just told everyone to listen to. And I think I already know the answer, but I'm going to answer it. I'm going to ask anyway, planner or do nothing. Well, do nothing is my, I mean, it's do nothing and wait for God to reveal what the summer is going to be by do nothing. I just mean, don't take it into my own hands and try to, okay. right. So, yeah, I mean, but I don't, it's not a passive thing. It's, it's more 
don't try to force a vacation because we did it last year and that's the family tradition and this is how it's always been done. I don't, and which is a formula too, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't like those kind of formulaic, some people call it tradition, I call it formula. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, when it's mm-hmm. like, well, we always do this, we have to do it this way. And it's like, well, God's not a God of formula. And mm-hmm. is so, yeah, I like to, I like to, I wouldn't say do nothing, but I like to wait until he creates the wave and then jump on it. Okay. All right. And that, yes, that makes perfect sense. So even within the vacation, so like not playing, you know, like being open to what the trip would be, but then once you're there, sounds like you're saying, well, I'll let you speak. Yeah. What, no, once guessing. I'm there, I yeah. don't like my sister. I have a sister and she won't listen to this podcast probably. She doesn't know about it yet. So I can, she wouldn't mind me saying this either, but she is a, she is a very do it busy, make it happen mm-hmm. planner. Mm-hmm. Like she would be a great vacation tour guide planner. A cruise director. Yeah. Yes. But when you're with her to me, it's exhausting mm-hmm. on vacation because mm-hmm. every minute is filled with some planned thing. And I just want to kind of sit in a hammock and read a book, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be okay. Nine o'clock and then at 1130, but we got to be at this place. by some, two. Yeah. And you're going to relax and you're going to like it. Right. And we're going to do 50 things. So I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. I, I don't okay. want to, if a vacation is that, then I need a vacation from the vacation. Okay. All right. I hear you. I'm tracking with all this. All right. Final question. This one, um, I want you to think in terms of your marriage, right? So in your marriage, who's the free spirit? Who's the nerd? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm definitely the nerd and my wife and I, but here's a better, here's a term we've just come up with that is a little little kinder than nerd. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I I, I I got that from Dave Ramsey. So yeah, I, I am more of uh, in spiritual terms, what we'd call a mystic. And I've kind of come to accept that, Mm -hmm. which is I not to be confused with misfit. He said mystic, mystic, but which is a misfit in Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. we're in, but really one who tries to see life through the eyes of God. And my wife does too, but but kind of is comfortable with silence, with um, slowing down, with with not filling life with what a lot of people do in their busyness, because I want more time of intimacy with God. And so it is kind of, it's, it's not the same thing as a prophet. It's not the same thing as a priest. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of this desert father type life that I'm trying to have in the middle of a a busy city and a full-time job. And, and my wife is a beautiful free spirit who, but she loves to plan too. And, and so she's a little more of a planner and I'm a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, I guess we'll know when God tells us Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and she wants that too. So we work together really well, but I know that when you try to when you try to live the life of kind of somebody who is off the norm of what society says is how to walk with God, or even that you can walk with God, then my wife and I both experience that you know you 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 just you have to own that awkward 
because the world doesn't embrace that. And so when the world is like, hey, we're uh, all going to do this family vacation with extended family and it's this much money and these are the dates, what do you say? And you say, I don't know. We'll have to just ask God. We'll get back to you when we hear from him. That's a disruptive comment. And even with right. among believers, right? Oh, even right. Christians, it's like, right. Cause we have oh, this schedule. We have to keep, right? Here's the date. Yeah. Here's the price. Planning center online. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, let us know by tomorrow morning. Well, mm-hmm. we may not hear from God by tomorrow morning. Right. You know, right. so that kind of, that kind of just rub against right. the right. real world and then God's way of doing things. Right. But I think that's a wonderful combination. And isn't that often the way God does it in marriages, right? It's a, we complement one another. So if we were both exactly alike that, yeah, that would present its own challenges. So it's kind of like, you know, where is it? First Corinthians, how the body, we need each other and we can't all be this part, that part, because we need, we need different perspectives and different functions and different eyes and different ears and Absolutely. And she, like, I am so thankful. My wife is such a tender, kind spirit. And um, so it's, it's been such a beautiful match and yeah, but I think the, the kind of the back and forth and the unknown actually helps a relationship grow deeper. If you let God be the default of everything. In other words, like it's not my way, your way, I like this, you like that, this or that, you know, at the end it's okay. Well, yeah, we we are kind of wired individually, uniquely, and let's hear what God says. Let's, let's Mm -hmm. see what he thinks is best. Cause it may be neither of our desires in this moment. Yeah. Maybe some combination or who knows, but it takes the pressure off. Well, last year we did it your way. We'll do it my way this year to, Yep, it doesn't have to be A or B because God, yeah, God is A through Z and he can pick whatever letter he likes or even a Greek alphabet letter or any language. Any, and a new language, yeah. right. Cerulean, if he likes. So, <laughs> <laughs> he could. Right? Not to be confused with Cerulean, which is blue. But yeah, so those, all right. So you've successfully completed another round of a stupid game. And um, as, as mentioned before, there... There's a there's a method to this madness because what we're talking about essentially is expectations, right? Right. How do we approach expectation? Yeah. And that's Nancy, I mean, that is, I think, one of the fundamental blind spots that we often have as life in life, as believers, or if people, you know, even if people are listening who aren't, like the whole there's this whole blind spot of an assumption that is my expectations need to happen or I feel um, somehow slighted or unseen or it's unfair. And so all these movies and TV shows and novels play to that and, 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 mm-hmm. and everything plays to that, you know, the news cycle, um, you know, self-help books, which is never a good idea if you're buying your books in a category that's inviting you to help yourself instead mm-hmm, of right. instead of God helping you. But right. all of that plays to have your best life. Like your best life is when you get to do everything you want to do. And it's this life of, I want to control it for my expectations, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. sets us up for some big 
big problems. And I think even it doesn't help us even understand God's deepest desires for us in a true way. Yeah. Yeah. What you said. So, all right. So here's, I'm going to throw this out there. This was in our email discussion coming off of the podcast I listened to earlier this week, you and John talking. So the phrase that came to mind for me was the vacillation of expectation. And what I mean by that is I, I find myself and I'm just, I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm going to be just a little honest, hopefully without being TMI. But right now, I think I'm really finding I'm being confronted with this this vacillation of expectation where I find I'm either expecting too much, you know, unrealistic, un- just crazy expectations or not not at all, right? So I, I'm either overshooting or <laughs> saying, oh, just forget it. <laughs> I don't want to care. Caring hurts. Right, right. And what is your naming that, you know, I understand and I have been there and and have to struggle through those feelings too sometimes. And I think, Nancy, it's either a, I mean, both of those can be though with an orphan spirit, I guess is what I'm trying to name. Mm-hmm. Like either, mm-hmm. well, I really want all this, all this to happen, but it's too expensive or there's not enough, I don't have enough time or, or I, you know, I don't think all the family members will will come with me or I don't think, you know, a million things, but I have these high, high, high hopes and everything's riding on it. And this is, Mm. if it doesn't happen, then, you know, I feel no good betrayed or let down or so good. And I base my whole summer for that example on this. And so there's this huge weight that the, the, the vacation can't possibly deliver on or it's the other side, which is, well, just forget it. And I, I'm, it's just some easier and simpler and kinder to my heart just to not hope for anything. Right. And if something happens, so be it, but I'm not, I'm not going to risk it. And both of those are extreme opposites. And yet they're from a same orphan mindset. Mm, yeah. I, I, sur- yeah. I wrote that and circled that, that term that you just used orphan spirit. Could you talk a little more about that, please? Yeah. And so I don't mean by orphan spirit that you, the listener, was were an orphan in real life, that you grew up in an orphanage or didn't have a mom and dad. What I mean is it's a way of life where you look at things through the eyes of it's all up to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have, mm-hmm. in spiritual terms, a good father, a present father, an active father. And so whatever's going to happen in life, I'm kind of the one that's got to make it happen. And it's and it's all up to me. And so there are these phrases like that that we'll start to use like, well, I guess uh, if I don't do it, nobody will. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by orphan yeah. spirit is, is yeah. you view yourself that way, but it's really the deeper view is you view God that way mm-hmm. as a distant, absent, unkind, unpresent father. And so now it really is up to you and, and people who are single feel that way, but, but people who are married feel that way. And people who have really, you know, good mom and dads here on earth feel that way. Like it's not about your 
the family you were born into or the marriage you're in, it, it, the family unit you have now, it's based on a mindset that you can be an orphan spirit in the midst of a really crowded room with really loving people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because that I've heard that term before and I, and I kind of knew what you meant when you said it, but I'm so glad I asked you to unpack it because I'll just be honest, um, God is speaking to me through that. Um, and obviously I think that always happens when I, when I talk to you and other guests, like it's, it's hopefully for everyone who's listening, but spoiler alert, this is, this is also, these are things that, that deeply impact me. And, and the thing is you alluded to this earlier, if I'm going through it or you're going through it or whatever it is, then we have to assume we're not the only ones, right? There's, these are trans transcendent themes. And by the way, we're not just talking about vacation, right? But that's that's a good launching point. So I think vacation and the whole idea of it, it um it, it's it's kind of a again, a launching pad for for what it represents, you know, this right. whole idea of expectation. Right. And it's the opposite of expectations is expectancy. Right. And- I talk mm. about that a yes, lot. You've, yes, I've heard you say that before. And, yep. Um, my first book, it goes into this whole kind of focus on expectations are here's what needs to happen for my day to go well, for my life to go well, for my marriage to go well, for my kids. You know, like there's such, we're here at graduation time, you know, in May for high schoolers, middle schoolers, college, you know, for a, a, if not graduation from the whole school, graduation from that year. And, and it always is interesting to me how parents put so much pressure on their kids and they put so much of their identity in their kids. And so there's this stress and striving and pressure and, and, and behind it all is a little bit of a, but if little Johnny doesn't do well or little Susie, then, you know, they're not going to get to go to college. And if they don't go to college, they're not going to have a career. And if they don't have a good career, they're going right. to in my basement forever. And, right. you know, yeah. we kind of imagine yeah. it out. And then, yeah. but that's expectations right. versus an expectancy of God, what are you up to in this? Mm-hmm. Let me join you. So that con- hard contrast expectations, this is how it needs to be for me to feel good, for me to rest, for me to be okay. And expectancy, God, the only guarantee I have is you. The only guarantee is I get to go through this with you. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, this know. is like story one, story two, right? So yeah, yeah. where one. have we heard these themes before? It's the themes that keep coming back. And I keep trying to put new language to it because it's like the world numbs us to this. Mm-hmm. And and we kind of hear it and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear Nancy. I hear Alan. Yep. Got it. And then we go right out and we're right back in the matrix and we're right back in the fog. And if we're, if we're watching with eyes to see, we'll start to see that and go, I'm living in the wrong story. I'm Mm -hmm. basing my day. Nancy, I used to, I think I've shared this with you a long time ago, but I used to have a to-do list Mm -hmm. for each day Mm -hmm. that would be kind of my Holy grail. I'm talking 15 years ago, 16 years ago but for a big part of my life before that. And if those things did not happen, then when I came home and my wife said, how was your day? I'd say, man, it was a terrible day. Mm. I only got two of the 10 things done. And if I got all 10, man, it was a great day. Everything got done. And the problem was God didn't have to show up at all Mm. 
mm-hmm. either scenario. Like it wasn't a filter of God, what do you have for me today? It was, right. here's what I need to get to the gym. I need to read my favorite blog post. I need to have a lunch with this friend and all these things, you know, work and rest right. and restoration. Yeah. And good things, mind you, right? Those all sound like nice, good, e- even uplifting things. And yet. Yeah. And yet they, those things, an agnostic could have those or an atheist yeah. uh, on their list and base right. their day the same way I was because it was, I was at the epicenter of everything and it all came down to did my life with me at the epicenter get satisfied in the way I wanted it to. Like I'm at a restaurant ordering my meal and I want it this way, but hold this and and put this on and extra this and not this. And, you know, it's like I was trying to make my day that way and really my life that way Mm -hmm. and to live the opposite way, not as an orphan, but as a son or daughter of a good father, what I would call story one, the true story we were made for. Well, then you go, okay, I I really have no idea how this day is going to go. And I'm going to hold everything loosely and I'm going to be watchful, observant for what God's up to and enter into that with him as a son. And so if I get a flat tire, this is a really hard thing to do, but if I get a flat tire, then I go, okay, God, this is, this is not what I expected, but I wonder what's going on here, what you're up to. Not that he caused the flat tire, but how are you going to father me through this? What is this adventure going to lead to versus why me? Oh my goodness. You know, I can't afford this. I don't have time for this. All of your orphan things that we monologues that we let run through, you know, it's not fair. Why me? I don't have, how, you know, you just start letting them free. You think about your free association of what you say in those times. Mm-hmm. And it, it really reveals where you are. Are you living as an orphan? Are you live with scarcity? Are you living in right. abundance with God? And that influences right. every decision. Yes, vacations. Yes, how you spend your summer. But, but also how you live your life. Right. Right. So, oh, wow. So many places we could go with this. So I I, I want to bring it back to because this is so important because this idea that it's all up to me, I've got to make it happen. You know, viewing God that way as that distant, unpresent Father, and right away I hear that I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's no good. I shouldn't do that. You know, and and I and I'll be very honest to say I think there are seasons of life where yeah, I think I'm living in that, and then there are seasons in life where. I don't know how it happened, but somehow it snuck up on me and that has eluded me. And and now I'm in this place. I, I have this math book analogy. Um, and in the age of, you know, there's no more textbooks. Maybe people can't relate. But, you know, back in the day, you know, you needed the answer. You go to the back of the math book, right? And it was all there. And that's great. But it still doesn't tell you how to get there, right? You know what the right answer is, but right. you don't know how to. Okay, that's fine. The answer is... 17, but how did you get that? So this is where reminding comes in, right? Um, Just even the power of hearing the truth and reminding ourselves of what is true is, is a powerful tool, right? Right. Right. And, and that I think we're so embedded in a fallen world, what I call story two, 
the Ecclesiastes version of life, not the Eden version we were made for, which is story one that we have to get back to. But the story two world, we're so used to it, Nancy. It feels so just like a law of nature. This is just how things work. This is just the world. So I better get used to it. And, you know, we kind of have this uh, mindset of it's just inevitable. Like, it, it is up to me. I'm not just saying that. Like, if I don't do anything, it's up to me and it, nothing happens without me. And it, it starts to feel so real. And we start to just kind of shrug our shoulders and give in to it. And, the, and I'm calling that blind spots or just the, the gravitational pull of the world we're in. But the hardest part is to just be defiant and go, no, I'm done with that way of life. It's not all up to me. Mm. God, you do the miraculous and, 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 and you do the impossible and you created me and you know my heart and I'm done saying it's up to me. I, I, and that I got to that point in my life where there was a, I was going to say literal moment. I didn't literally raise a white flag, but there was a moment where I saw in my mind's eye, I'm raising the white flag. I surrender myself driven life. My, my life of orphanhood is over and whatever it costs me to live as a son or if a listener's a, a woman, a daughter, I'm doing it. And I'm assuming no matter what happens, my rock bottom assumption, foundational assumption is not going to be changed, which is God is good. God is a mm, good yep. father. And I yes. don't care what events happen. I don't right. care what what comes through or doesn't. It's kind of like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, like, God could rescue us, but either way, right. like, no matter what happens, that the enemy can't change that perception because right. that's reality. Yes. Now, I get to live that way. Right. And, and yes, 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 yes. And that I, that is absolutely the rock bottom of, of all of this. This is the, the, the truth that, that all of this hangs on because this question of, is God good? Well, first of all, it's like, well, who's determining it? Like, so I'm the one, you know, standing in judgment over God. Well, God, I think you're good. So therefore you're good. Or I think you're bad. So therefore you're bad. You know, so that puts, it kind of puts me in a place of God, even to ask that question. But, um, even so, if my perception is is not that God is good, right? If that's not my my baseline, then even when good things happen, I'm waiting for the other other shoe to drop because after all, it's all up to me, as you said, right? So right. yeah, so the oh yeah, this was good, but we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So, you know, and that's that's not a great way to live either. No, and it's not it's it's not good for our relationship with god it's not good for our own peace and ability just to breathe easy and go through life knowing something like we we need to wrestle that to the ground for ourselves that it's not that it's up to us to decide but we need to wrestle to the ground god is good period i mean that's the the very thing from Adam and Eve that the serpent went right. for was, is God, basically, is God really good? That's you right. Know? And it puts them in the judgment seat of their right. creator. And from there, yeah. before they even picked the wrong fruit and ate of it, like it was over for them in that moment. Um, the fall was destined before 
meaning not that God destined it, I'm saying, but Adam and Eve were headed that way the moment they thought they could evaluate God's goodness and and be the arbiters of that. So I think we have to go, he's good. No matter what, he's good. Now, I don't look at things when they don't come together as God didn't come through. I look at it like, huh, a curiosity. I wonder what God's up to here. Right. Yes. God, what's your interpretation of this? Because see, as soon as we go into our interpretation, mm-hmm. right, we're, mm-hmm. we are already on the wrong path of, well, I really wanted this. God knew I wanted this and it didn't happen. So, and we start for, yeah. yeah, instead of going, I really wanted this God. And I know my only guarantee is you and you're a really good dad. So tell me what your interpretation is. What, how should mm-hmm. I see this? What's going on? Because that keeps intimacy, the thread of intimacy through all of the disappointment and chaos. And that's what happens with David in the Psalms. Like he wrestles with God, but he doesn't abandon God or he doesn't judge God. He wrestles with him. And so, yeah, bring your disappointment to God, but ask God, what are you up to here, Father? Like, I know you're in this and I know you've got a bigger plan. So how should I see it? Tell me what, like, help me grow as a son or daughter in the midst of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And Nancy, that keeps that union and that intimacy that a son or daughter has with a good father versus the orphan of, yep, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have counted on God. Like right. we go yep. back I saw where this is going. Yep. I, right. <laughs> I figured this out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a hard thing, you know, especially when you're wired that way. And I, now I'm not, I'm talking back at myself because I'm very much wired. Like I want to know where the plot is going um, or, or like you said, like, I don't necessarily want to know, but I just kind of just because, you know, there's conventions and story and you're like, okay, I see the formula here. And that, so now I know where this is going, but that's not the case in real life, right? Especially when we walk, when we walk in union with Jesus. Right. It's the, the man-made stories, the human stories that we create mm-hmm. in our own strength mm-hmm. are predictable, are mm-hmm. limiting. Right. And and if you've just spent a little time, like I was a publisher working with fiction, you know, with novelists, and 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 you quickly can understand the beats of a story and know mm-hmm. where it's going and how to make them. But God's stories are not like that. And so right. look at all the stories we love in the Old and New Testament you know, the feeding of the 5,000 um, or look at, you know, the parting of the Red Sea or Daniel and the lion's den. Like we don't know where those are going because the storyteller there is the creator of story. Mm-hmm. Like he he actually made story. Right. And so yep. we don't know his ways and we don't know where his stories will go other right. than we know he's a good father. Yeah. And so the impossible can happen in those stories that we can't predict. Yeah. Yeah. And often, you know, when you think of those stories, whether it's the Red Sea or the 5,000 or, you know, mud in your eye, literally, you know, with the the guy who is blind, it's like, what are you doing, Jesus? You're going off script. This is not how it's supposed to be. Um, But yeah, you know, so, so here's, here's the phrase that comes to mind as we're kind of wrapping this up. We get what we're looking for, don't we? Right. I I think, you know, when we're, I, I was just listening to a song uh, prior to our conversation, Sarah Groves, and one of the line was, you know, if you're looking for love, well, if you're looking for offense, you'll find it. If you're looking for love, 
you will find it, right? And, you know, I think biblically we can back that up, but to the pure, all things are pure, right? But but it's this whole idea of, well, how are we interpreting things? Um, what are, is it, are we expecting it, a certain outcome, or are we having expectancy, as you, I love how you put that, um, but a lot of the, the interpretation comes from what we're, what we're looking for, right? Are we looking for to be in charge or to say, oh, God, what do you have today? Right. And are we, yeah. you know, I think of you two and Bono and I still haven't found what I'm looking for, you know, and right. a lot of times we haven't, we don't find what we're looking for because we're looking for the wrong things and, yeah. and we're trying to be filled with what we think will fill our hearts and our tank right. and our soul. And we realize we try it and it doesn't. And so I think the whole shift is, okay, God, what I most want, going back to summer, what I most want this summer is you. I want you more than any vacation I can imagine, mm -hmm. more than any mm -hmm. cruise, any, I want you more than I want a time of just doing nothing at my house. Like whatever it is you have for me, for restoration and rest, I give you my summer using this example, because you know what I need most. And, and what I most need is you. And so yeah. you set the pace, you set the rhythm and you invite me. I did this last year. Um, and we hadn't, the, the beach is my happy place. And we hadn't been to the ocean in six years or more for a vacation and couldn't afford it. And we were in late April and I gave that fully to God and just said, it's not going to happen again this year. I don't think I, I don't, we don't have the money mm -hmm. for airfare and all mm -hmm. of that, right. but God, I give it to you. And we turned down a group, a family, extended family, kind of all inclusive vacation because it just felt too noisy. And like the, the setting was, you know, right. 24 seven. And I was like, that's, I don't sense God in that for us. And and then Nancy, like a few weeks later, somebody called and offered us their beach house for a week. And then somebody else called and said, I don't know what you're doing this summer or what's going on, but God mm -hmm. said, I'm supposed to cover your travel. These kind of things yeah. never happen in my, when I'm saying this, mm -hmm. I, I'm wanting people to know this is not my norm of experiences in this, but, and I'm not saying it would be their norm, but I'm saying God can do things. Right. He created this vacation that literally five or six different people that don't know each other, that didn't know our story, came together by listening to God in their life. And, and God orchestrated this beautiful yeah. beach vacation. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by you don't know. Like we tend to say, well, that can't happen because I can't afford it. Well, right. mate, God can. Does he is, is he going to do that? Or he may know that's the least thing you need, not the main mm -hmm. thing you need. Mm -hmm. And so right. he's going to invite you into something different. So when you let it go and have an expectancy for God not to do what you want, but what you most need for restoration and union with him, that's when the story gets really unpredictable real in the best of ways and out of your control in the best of ways. And that's the story one life we want to be in. Because yeah. it's where God, my guarantee is you. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. And what I what I love about the story you just shared is, you know, so this is where we're we're just about to land. You know, what I most want this summer 
is you, Jesus. And oh, yeah, that is that is so true. And I think we can also take a statement like that and so spiritualize it that we no longer even know what that means. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? I want you. So we're going to sit in a room and stare at each other, Jesus. But he did something very tangible for you. Like he cared about you and your family. And he arranged. So it wasn't like this nebulous, all right, let's just, you know, let's just read into it. No, he actually did something that he knew would be a blessing for your family. And, and I think that's such a different mindset than, well, let, let me just, I'm going to give up in resignation and say it's God. Right. It's not passivity. Yeah. Right. It's, right. It's, I mean, you look at any story in the Bible and they're very active stories of, of peril and of unknown and of right. rescue and of wildness. So this is not passivity and it's not staring at, you know, it's not doing a Bible study for seven yeah. hours every, <laughs> every morning. Uh, what, what it is, is saying, God, I trust you with my life. You've given me the desires and yeah. you've given me my personality. And now I give it back to you mm. knowing mm. it will be not tamer or more boring or more sedate than what you would have done on your own. God, his imagination is so much bigger than ours. He knows so much more what we need. And so it might be a slower summer because your heart needs a slower summer because you're a workaholic and mm -hmm. you're becoming a vacation workaholic and mm -hmm. you're trying to make your vacation this productive, busy thing. And so God may slow your summer down or he may speed your summer up into yeah. something you would say no to on the surface. And it's just what you need. So that's Nancy. Right. The beauty of what we're talking about is unlike story that's predictable from the first right. five minutes go into this story with God and release it fully and release all expectations and control and now go, okay, God, it's not up to me or if I'm married, my spouse or my mother-in-law or, you know, the tradition, it's not even up to what the kids want most. It's up to what you want most because you know, all of us best. Right. Right. He knows so us ultimately. Right. Yes. So if, if, any of us out here in misfit land find ourselves in the vacillation of expectation you know we can we can be defiant to that and and walk in expectancy so that's what i'm hearing greatly encouraging thank you alan we had a whole other thing we want to talk about but that just means we'll have to talk again so thank Absolutely. you thank you yeah. yeah we'll do it and uh this gives us things to ruminate on in the meantime yeah i think this is exactly what we needed today and anything more i think would be too much because i really hope both for you and me and the listeners too we just kind of soak this in and sit with this and not let some other topic distract us you know not go off to the next thing or the next idea but just go okay god i'm not going to leave this conversation that nancy and alan have had that i've been a part of without releasing my summer to you all my expectations and and now i get you and i get what my heart needs and i can't wait to see what that is and and so your poses your posture is active not passive it but it's active in anticipating and and, and expectancy with god as a father son father daughter so stay in that live that let that be your summer rhythm and i think it'll be your best summer ever there you go great place to land thanks so much alan god bless and we will we're going to talk again soon thanks nancy
wanna live. 